0: Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller,
1: Alpesh Pamar.
0: Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast, and this would be about 280. 98th episode of Wealth Matters podcast. So if you would have been listening to me for a while, you guys know that I'm all about alternative investments. And in alternative investment world, I focus more on real estate. But the second asset I am the most passionate about is cryptocurrencies. And that has to do with uh, my background as an IT guy plus blockchain is the technology here to stay. So Today, because I know a lot of time I have had CPAs on the call uh, or the podcast, but we never spoke about crypto. So today I found someone, a CPA, who understands cryptocurrency. So we are going to welcome Micah Frame uh, to our Wealth Matters podcast. So welcome, Micah. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So Micah... Started, of course, corporate journey back in 2010, 2019, uh, 20, uh, 2009, and then he figured out that he needs to start working on his own. So he founded this CPA firm in 2013, but then he found out about cryptos and he is involved in it daily, both as an investor and an accountant. So this would be a great episode because we'll talk about it from accounting perspective, but as well as investing. So uh, this uh, welcome, Micah. So, uh, Micah, we always start with this question first. Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself.
1: It's fine. I saw that, and that's the question I'm like most nervous about. Like, what should be <laughs> the easiest question is, we're we're pretty boring. I mean, nothing nothing super interesting. Very very white bread um kind of life we live, but not not a whole lot. I mean, the biggest thing that I'll say, and this is not super interesting, but professionally at least, we always will kind of say that we don't think we're really CPAs. We kind of think of ourselves as business owners who happen to learn accounting and become CPAs. Um, Just because I get, you know, part of the reason I love crypto, part of the reason that we end our practice, we end up dealing with kind of this weird menagerie of different things as we get bored really quickly and also look at things a little bit differently than we find most CPAs do. So Oh, that's, that's about great. it. We got two two-year-old daughter. That's where I spend all my time outside of this, but nothing super fun, <laughs> nothing oh. super funny or interesting.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about investing. What kind of assets yeah. do you personally invest in and why? So tried our hands at
1: a little bit of everything. I've tried, you know, obviously throw throw some money into index funds. I part own two commercial real estate buildings um, with a couple other guys. We have our the CPA firm obviously that we reinvest in. Cryptocurrency is a huge portion of my portfolio, and I've also tried my hand at a few local, you know, minority interest in a few local businesses. Don't think I'll do that again, just because I, <laughs> I found the. Um, not that they couldn't be successful, but I just you saw kind of the mix of the the da- the risk associated with it and also if you're going to spend time in it you need a higher ownership percentage it's kind of like you know shark tank they say well right. that's not enough percentage for me to be interested it's either a bunch of work you have to spend doing it or it's just not a it's just not not a huge even if the business says well you you own five percent or something so we've tried our hand at everything and found some of those have been market. Some of those have done very well, some obviously crypto is risky, so we've had certain things that have done horribly, but then the ones that have hit have done so astoundingly well for us that more than makes up for it, so we dabble in a lot. Of course,
0: all of us, and and I wanted to hear from a CPA because what are some of your tax-friendly assets?
1: Well, I mean, I know your real estate uh, real estate is one yep. of the, the biggest things especially for our higher net net worth clients because you can do what's called a, a cost segregation study. Yep. And and there's some limitations to those obviously. You can't unless you have what they call other passive income generators yes. or rental profit. Unless you're a real estate agent, you're not able to use those losses, but Especially if it's a building that you're occupying as an owner-operator, which then you can pay the rent income to yourself to kind of move it out of the business bucket to your rental bucket. Real estate's a big one, especially if you're high net worth and yes. and a cost segregation study is viable. Um, I mean, that's the in terms of being tax friendly. I mean, that, that's the biggest one because I crypto, so. <laughs> it, 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 can, it can be tax friendly, potentially, but we're still waiting for the rules to shake out. It yeah. very much depends on the, t- the the type of crypto you're investing in, what the rules would be. And then stocks and other investments, I mean, they're, they're assets, there's not yeah. an inherent. Tax benefit, uh,
0: so so yeah, that's why. Uh, Cause I love real estate, and and that was the main reason. One, I wanted cash flow. Second, I wanted depreciation, the passive loss, right? Mm-hmm. So when we uh, started looking into cryptocurrencies, of course, I was investing. But when I was recommending, uh, when I, people started reaching out to me, I thought, oh, why can't we marry real estate into Bitcoin mining or crypto mining? And that is what we did by launching our Bitcoin mining funds because it's hardware we are able mm-hmm. to depreciate 100% of it in the first year right so it's exactly yeah. we are giving the monthly cash flow from the bitcoin we mine plus they get first year itself 100% of their investment is pretty much depreciated so that yeah. is exactly what we did you know in bitcoin mining funds
1: yeah absolutely and that's one of the reasons why like in theory investing in like small businesses can be nice because yes. okay you throw the money in there but we know we're going to have all this negative cash flow so you get you're going to get your share of of that loss because the money gets burned but obviously then you're investing in a micro business and it has all of the potential risks so yeah anything that you can have where you're investing in a business but it doesn't have the same risk profile that a that a true traditional business would have is
0: great And it's important, I think what we are talking about, the depreciation cost segregation, it's important also to generate passive income. If you are just going to continue to accumulate passive losses, it's not going to help much. So that's why you got to, right? Every time people reach out to me and you, of course, that, oh, I have... 100 grand of what passive losses, what do I do with it? And I'm like, carry forward if you are not able to generate income. So that's Mm -hmm. why it's the key to invest in businesses where you are also going to get some cash flow, real estate or Bitcoin or micro businesses. Just having those losses are not going to help. (laughs)
1: Right. You can't, yeah, you can't use them against anything else (laughs) until you you have the profit or disposition. So, yeah. Yeah. And and also you don't want to be losing your money. It's great if it looks bad on paper, but- you don't want to actually be investing in something that is at its core unprofitable
0: yep so, no this is great so because you you went from you know cpa and then you started your own firm and then you did real estate and whatnot but why did you start focusing on crypto taxes
1: so crypt it started out mostly just because i got in- interested as a, as an investor because I told you before we started talking, and I'll say this in most interviews, 2017, it's the ICO craze. Yep. <laughs> you know, we, I, I said, okay, I didn't really know much of anything about crypto. I throw three grand into some project and very quickly that $3,000 turned into $1,000. So I said, you know, bit, Bitcoin had gone spiked up to 20 grand yeah. and then it went back down to five or whatever it did. I said, okay, what, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to touch this until it, I'm just going to leave this alone. And then in 2020, I looked at that asset and it was worth somewhere between like six to nine grand at that point. So it somewhere between doubled and tripled my initial investment. And at that same time, there was a client of mine was telling me about a node project that they were involved in. And up until that point, I understood that smart people had said cryptocurrency and blockchain are really, really important, that the technology is a big deal, that it's the future, but I was like, okay, blockchain's a big deal, then, but why is fill in the blank project? Why is that? Why does that have value? Because the technology is largely open sourced or forks of other projects. So it's like, why does this token have value? I just didn't understand at that point. And this project, this node project, was the first time that I really understood the utility and the use case of how that the project was going to be working. So I bought bought in to a node, which was happened to be about the price of what my, um, what my investment had turned into. And then from there, I was just hooked and I started getting into different types of projects, just investing more, playing with it more for myself and very quickly realized that there are no guidance out there because I was just trying to do it for myself. Initially, I just wanted to know, okay, how do I plan for my taxes? And then I had more and more clients because this is 2020 they they were getting interested again. So then they're asking me questions. So when I started investigating, I realized that there is next to no guidance on the vast majority of this stuff. So we needed to navigate it for ourselves and our clients. And then it just really, really snowballed the deeper and deeper we got into it. Cause there's, I won't say there's no one else who does this, but it is a very limited number of CPAs who at this point, at least specialize in crypto.
0: Interesting. And I think it it does make sense, right? Because once you start uh, getting into it, you want to make sure that you are doing it, you know, the right way. Yeah. So let's talk about how crypto trades are taxed. Yeah. So this is kind of the
1: the number one misconception that, that we'll have is that people will think that your, your crypto trades, your crypto income, all, all the crypto activity you have... They won't think that that's taxable until you cash out for a fiat currency, which is just not the case. W- one of the few things that the IRS has very specifically said is that coin for coin trades are taxable. It doesn't matter. It, it, you don't wait until you cash out for U.S. dollars. If you're trading for your Bitcoin, for ADA, for Ethereum, for Solana, whatever, each one of those individual trades, it generates its own taxable event which one will catch people off guard because they don't realize that and two can get people in a lot of trouble with their tax bill because they're generating taxable events and a lot of times taxable gains and they are not cashing out any of that they're not saying any any money aside for it and half the time they're not even bothering to report it because they don't realize they have to
0: no that is that is so important and i have i I keep telling people that if you are trading in and out from different currencies that's that's a taxable event. So you got to be very Mm -hmm. careful. So let, and and then of course, last couple of years, there has been a big craze about NFTs, the non-fungible tokens. How are they taxed? Well, what
1: we'll, we always have to have a disclaimer that the IRS hasn't issued any specific guidance on NFTs at all. So what we have to do with, with our guides on NFT taxation and nodes, liquidity pools, staking income, all these things. Iris hasn't issued guidance on any of those either. So for all of those, what we have to do, since there's not explicit specific guidance for NFTs, what we have to do is we have to try to find things that are analogous within established case law, either for traditional businesses or for traditional finance. So for NFTs, our contention is, is that it's very it's largely going to depend on what the utility and the use case of the nft is because what most people will say right right now and i think they're right for the for probably the majority of nfts is that nfts should be taxed as collectibles and the way that collectible taxation works is that if you you either have it taxed at your ordinary income tax rate or at twenty eight percent, whichever one's lower, versus for tra- traditional long-term capital gains, you have it to where it's taxed at um twenty percent maximum. So they'll say, because you look at the criteria for collect- collectibles, where it's it's pieces of art, it's things that are there, they're not providing utility or generating income. they're there for their their rarity and right. the collectibility factor. So if we're talking about a CryptoPunk, a Bored Ape, uh, like the profile picture NFTs, if we're talking about that tier, well, they don't provide utility. You're just trading them for the rarity. You're hoping it goes up. So that guidance is probably correct that those NFTs should be taxed as collectibles. But NFTs can be kind of whatever the creator wants them to be the the potential utility of nfts is pretty pretty boundless and the example i'll give on this is i'm a member of a discord group that it's where you have to buy the nft to get into the discord server yes so the nft and and there's an expiration Uh date on it the one that i have it expires at the end of 2022 Uh so there's a finite life on that the nft itself doesn't provide utility it's gaining it's it's buying a membership right. so my purchase of that nft would be very different than my purchase of a CryptoPunk, which would also be different from nfts that you're buying in like a play to earn game and even and i'll i'll go off on a tangent on this one but even within nfts within play to earn games they could be taxed differently, theoretically, because the example I'll give is that let's say you're in some World of Warcraft knockoff. You're in some sort of MMORPG that's played on the blockchain as a play to earn game. And in that game, you buy you buy a piece of land, you buy a building that you run a tavern out of, you buy a hatchet that degrades over time every time right. you swing it. You buy a sword that doesn't degrade over time. And then you buy you a know, piece of art that you hang in your digital house. Well, if those were the real world equivalents of those assets, they would all be taxed very differently. The land wouldn't depreciate at all. The building would depreciate over 40 years. The, the hatchet and the sword, you would probably just expense outright. So I think what we're going to see over the next 10 maybe 20 years is going to be an astounding number of lawsuits in crypto in general but especially with nfts where the irs will say hey you're not allowed to expense this you're not allowed to amortize it you know you just need it just needs to sit on your books as a as a non amortizing or depreciating asset i think people are going to going to sue them or or in the course of their trying to defend themselves in the audit or are going to try to say, look, I get that it's an intangible asset, but look at the use case, look at the way that it's actually being used. You can't say that I can't expense this because the, mem- you know, in the case of the membership, my membership ran out, I can't sell this thing for anything it's not really right. an asset. So, I think that's one of the most the the most poorly defined areas right now, but I think it's going to be one of the most fascinating ones because you're going to see NFTs. Well, I guess they'll technically be NFTs, but you're going to see an NFT attached to about a hundred different use cases. And then they're going to have to decide if they're all taxed the same or if they're taxed differently.
0: I see. Okay. No, that's, that's very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. How are then, um, as you can tell, and as I know personally, because I do a lot of crypto investment and tradings, it's very, very difficult to track crypto activity. I use mm-hmm. software like CoinInfo, CryptoTrader, whatnot. How do one track crypto activities?
1: That's, that's all you, what you said is all you can do. It's just the issue we run into right now is that you have to use Coinly, Crypto Trader, mm-hmm. Crypto not yes. and you, you've got to use ZenLedge or something like that. But they the reports when you finally get them back, the software still feels like it's in beta testing a little
0: yes. bit. Yes, I'm going and- through it right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and especially it's hard enough. It, they'll do a good job if you're on one or two exchanges, and all you're doing is yes. you've got some interest deposits, some staking, and a little bit of trading. But if you get into NFTs, if you get into liquidity pools, that if you yeah. get into, or, or if you're just shoot, if you're just doing it to where you're on ten different exchanges and you're moving the stuff around, they have a really hard time properly capturing your cost basis, the holding yes. period, all of that. So what we'll tell people is that use one of those programs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're going to have otherwise it's just an yeah, a, an yeah. Absolute otherwise nightmare. your life is a
0: hell. I'm telling yeah. you.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't do it. So yeah use those they'll get you about 90% of the way there but then we almost have to use those as a starting point we still after the report's done we have to go through and redline it to say well it didn't pick up your cost basis here it treated that as a trade it was really a swap Um, so that's all you can do but I do tell people you do you want to look at the report closely and you'll probably have to make at least a few adjustments so unfortunately uh,
0: this is so true so cuz I started trading cryptos back in 2015 right and then it was easy cuz it was only coinbase yeah right just one exchange i go buy and sell and then things started shifting when i started having my own wallets 2019 mm-hmm. it was hard 2020 was even rough that's when i started using the software and believe it or not in 2021 i am on like 11 exchanges yeah. And maybe fifteen different wallets, Matamask to crypto uh, you know, Kepler to all those stake uh, stacks, and now I, you know, and, and we are recording this on August October seventh. Taxes are due next week. Personal taxes. Yeah. I'm going through my report. Man, it's horrible. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. talking to their support because at first it showed me that I I had a capital gain of like thirty five grand. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, "What <laughs> Where is it? So we went back and forth. They helped me correct it. We did the API import again for Coinbase Pro, and it's still showing me like sixteen grand after doing all that. And now she's oh, telling me there are three hundred warnings you got to go through. I'm like, okay,
1: i've got I've got one client. he's there on it's um I think it's the atlas u s v token, but there's other similar ones where you do the trade oh. and then you depo- you deposit there for. You're, you buy the token, you deposit yeah, for 10 days, and they give you, they give you an arbitrage where, yeah. where you get... <laughs> but every time they redeem the tokens after that 10-day period, none of the software will pick up the fact that it's not all... It won't pick up any of the cost yeah, basis man. from when he purchased it. So it's it's, un, it's unfortunate. And, and I know it's not an easy issue to solve because these are no. software company. These are blockchain centric software companies. If it was easy to fix, they would do it. Yeah. But it's unfortunately the people who deal with are left to hold the bag and deal with it are yeah. the individual investors.
0: Yeah, it's it's very complicated. But so I, I know. <laughs> so let's talk about now. There is another thing in the town, right? When it's, of course, cryptos, we spoke about liquidity pools. We spoke about mm-hmm. NFTs, play to earn. P2E. Yeah. How are those gaming rewards taxable?
1: So they, they are going to be taxable. Where we first have to start is figuring out if it's a hot if the activity is classified as a hobby or if it's a business income.
0: Ah. And
1: because it, it can be both. And again, the, the example I'll give is you could have people playing again. I I like going for the MMORPGs because there's a million activities that could happen within that that sort of it's like a scaled down version of like a metaverse or second life right. or something like that. You can have a 12-year-old kid who's just raiding dungeons a couple hours every weekend and he gets he's earning play to earn rewards. He might even get a a big drop in that dungeon for $50,000 or something. Yeah, you know, it's worth the time.
0: Right.
1: Well, he's not running it like a business. He's not spending full-time hours doing it. He's not keeping records of profitability or anything. So he just gets hit with, with hobby income. The good part of hobby income is that it's not earned income. So it's, it's not subject to social security and Medicare taxes versus business income is. Yes. The downside to hobby income is that you're not allowed to write off any idea, hobby yeah. expenses anymore. <laughs> Once they, they, you used to be able to theoretically do it. It was subject to 2% of your adjusted gross income, but in 2018, they got rid of that yeah. entirely. So if you've got a bunch of expenses, you're buying NFTs, you're buying in-game items and it's, and it's eating into that income, It being a hobby starts to be less beneficial to you. If you don't have any expenses, hobby income is probably the more appropriate and just the easier, the more tax advantaged category. But in that same game, you could have a guy who's working full time, working fifty hours a week, and he's either running a tavern or he's got a blacksmithing shop, and he's just grinding away all day doing this really mundane activity, just you know making making weapons and armor in the game. And he's tracking, since that's how he makes his livelihood, he's tracking profitability, he's keeping really good records. Well, in that case, even though it's in a game, that's much more clearly business income.
0: Right.
1: So... Business income, the downside, again, is that unless you incorporate it into an S-corporation or C-corporation, Correct. any of the income is subject to Social Security and Medicare, but you're able to write off all I of the know. associated so, expenses. Yeah. So this so, is
0: exactly similar to like those trader status for stock traders, right? Right. Now, very or, similar. or in the real estate world, we call it as real estate professional, R-E-P, REP or yeah. dealer. Yep. So yeah, this works out pretty well if you know exactly what you're doing. So let's talk about because I mentioned real estate. Right? Yeah. Uh, another benefit real estate has, it's something called 1031 exchanges. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you sell the property, if you have had, uh, you know, a depreciation, you have to recapture and then you have to pay tax uh, on the capital gain. But a yeah. lot of time investors are able to find a larger property and roll over the gain to a new property and carry over that cost basis, right? And then pretty much not they don't have to pay tax on the capital gain does crypto qualify for something similar
1: no unfortunately that's one of the the big disadvantages compared to real assets because there's there's two reasons it doesn't first is that when they did tax reform in 2018 it was right after the ico craze and and then the bus so since there was more interest they very specifically amended the tax code to say that 1031 exchanges are only for tangible assets and in, right. no intangible assets qualify. So that was 2018 and forward. So the question became some people started asking, well what about trades before 2018? Yeah. Could we do it for that? And the IRS issued guidance. I want to say it was in 2019, they issued guidance saying that no, you can't do it. And what they what they did is the IRS has always Uh, defined like kind very narrowly like they say that you can't you're trading gold for silver is not a like kind exchange because the use case and the utility is different even though they're both precious metals and the comparison they did at that time was bitcoin litecoin and ethereum and they looked at the different utility from each token and said even though they're similar, they're not similar enough, so they're not like kind. And even prior to 2018, we're not going to allow you to do it.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So, but you ring? I mean, again, going back to real estate and going and and NFTs and to a lesser extent even tokens, you could. Th- I think that might be challenged and litigated for some cryptocurrency, some assets that are not real, that are almost like a tokenization of tangible property mm. i could I could see it to where someone tries to challenge that saying that yeah, I traded this nFT or I traded this token, but that token represents my ownership in this building,
0: yes, and that's coming, and, right? real estate tokenization is here yeah. so that's so, going to be interesting,
1: yeah. so some how that shakes out, I have no idea, but I somebody's going to try to challenge it. But the the short answer is no, you can't do 1031 exchanges.
0: So uh, this is why, and and I'm looking into that because we do a lot of, you know, mobile home parks, senior housing, the capital raising for those assets. I'm Mm -hmm. looking into tokenizing those, right? Because I'm talking to a couple of big players and that's coming because it makes uh, one, it's liquid. Right. Mm-hmm. And the second, it's easier to get in at five grand, 10 grand. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, our investments are 50 grand minimum. Right. So it right. allows a lot of people to get in. But that is where the it would be interesting. How I hope someone challenges it before me. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. <laughs> but one thing I remembered that you can still do one thing with crypto um, capital gain is that if you find an opportunity zone fund. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you can roll over the gains from crypto. And and that is where opportunity zone fund got a lot of momentum because you can pretty much roll over gains from stocks anywhere else into opportunity zones and and pretty much carry over. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I I don't know the name of the fund, but I think there's one or two that are now like on the New York Stock Exchange, because it used to be with Opportunity Zones, even though they're great, getting into the same thing you're talking about it barriers to entry the yep. minimum amount i think there's actually some some fund out there that oh
0: okay i'll to look into but... were planning but i i don't know if they did so i'll i'll look up yeah oh, that's great last question uh, regarding cryptos is paying with a crypto debit card or credit card taxable
1: um for a crypto card no or not for a crypto card for a credit card right now our understanding is no for a debit card it is at uh, least as uh. it stands now because so for any time you since crypto is classified as property anytime you dispose of cryptocurrency that's generating a capital gain or a capital loss so the so when you're using a crypto card, you're typically loading your crypto, it's like a prepaid debit card, you're loading your cryptocurrency onto that card. And then every time you swipe, you're spending your cryptocurrency, which gets to be a real logistical nightmare because you might go to the store for you know buy breakfast for $10 or something. And every time right. you swipe the card, you're you're generating another taxable event. There with credit cards the mechanism it doesn't work the same way because you're not actually spending your crypto you're just accruing a liability every time you swipe your card uh, they're just paying you in crypto rewards so right. the credit cards even though there's only like one or two of them right now yeah. those you two don't Black have all the okay yeah <laughs> um you don't have it with the credit cards for the debit cards you do. There is some pr- proposed legislation that I, I don't think has had any movement in the past couple months, but there are a few people in Congress who proposed that I think it's like the Virtual Currency Fairness Act or something like that, where they said, if your transaction is under $200, it you don't have to report it and it's not not taxable income. So hopefully that gets that gets passed because that would make it so much easier for people to actually utilize and spend their crypto. I I always say that they're going to have to come up with some sort of caveat in there to where they look at like the aggregate number of transactions within a period, because otherwise you're going to have people selling $10 million worth of crypto $199 at a time just to keep just to keep it under that that threshold. So they're going to have to put something in there to protect it from abusing the system, but hopefully that gets, that gets passed at some point soon. If it doesn't, and people are using the debit cards, what we'll tell people to do as much as their portfolio allocation allows is it's a lot easier if the crypto you're spending is a stable coin uh. versus one where you've got price fluctuations. So yes, if you yes. already are holding USDC or something, have that be what your card spends when you swipe. Because even though then you'll have to report it, it's either going to be a wash completely yes, or once you, yeah. in, once you factor in exchange fees, you might you might even have a, a teeny tiny loss right. on every transaction.
0: Right. Oh, that that's interesting. Um, so thank you so much, Mecca, for sharing all the golden nuggets. Let's move on to the... <laughs> fire round okay would you be changing any business or investment strategy because of inflation or recession i mean it
1: definitely makes us i'm not changing it drastically but i think it definitely makes you think twice on any ma- major investment i think it's make and that, and it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that then that's what pushes an economy into recession as everyone yeah. stops spending because they're scared <laughs> but no major changes, but it definitely does have it to where you think twice on spending and feel like you need to keep more cash reserves available.
0: Great favorite real estate, finance, or even crypto related book, or, or tax even.
1: <laughs> um, for I'm trying to think. My favorite general finance related book for business is called Clockwork.
0: Oh um, yes
1: i can never say his last name right mike, mike
0: mike yeah i can't must must Yeah, my yeah I, I this guy it. who wrote profit first <laughs> clockwork
1: is is amazing yeah. um not finance related but i love never split the difference oh chris was that like that's a, probably that's what, my just, all-time just amazing, favorite amazing one of my all-time book.
0: favorite yeah yeah can't go wrong <laughs> um
1: and then crypto there's not a lot out there we actually wrote a a crypto tax book, we we wrote one and it's it's free on Amazon. The digital version, at least, is free on Amazon and other major retailers called Decrypting Crypto Taxes. Mm, so okay. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm just saying it's one of the few that's out there for <laughs> crypto.
0: One of the very rarely few, right? Any tool or website you recommend or you cannot live without? Maybe it's for taxes. Maybe it's for cryptos. I'm trying
1: to think mint.com is pretty helpful when you've got it's it's i don't use most of the features on it but just having all of my cards tied together to see the balances see spending trends and that's a free software with yes, it for all your great. personal finance um pretty basic tool and it's free but it it's given a lot of people a lot of utilities over the years so
0: yeah mint and then there is personal capital which is exactly yeah oh yeah there's uh, yeah, yeah. There are tons yep any advice for beginner investors?
1: I, I think at least for I think I think balance is the biggest thing because for beginner investors, I'll see one of two things. One will be the ones who cannot stand seeing their portfolio go down even a dollar. So they invest they have everything in a CD that's earning one percent instead of putting in the stock market, letting it get eight. 10% a year, but they, they can't deal with the short-term fluctuations. So I think there's that tier of investor. And then there's also the ones that you know it's sort of the Wall Street bets type guys where they just YOLO all their money into uh-huh. options or something ridiculous. I think having a balanced view of obviously, you know, the longer your event horizon is to, to deal with those short-term fluctuations, but also understand how damaging losses are to your overall significant losses are to your your long-term yield and not just getting impatient and throwing it into really high-risk things that you'll burn your money immediately.
0: Oh, that's great. How do you give back?
1: I donate to charity, obviously, but as much as anything, we just, we try to be generous with our time um that's a lot of what we'll we'll be doing is especially because our expertise is in the finance and tax world is doing a reasonable bit of pro bono work for just trying to help people out because that's that's the main way that i am capable of helping out
0: i agree how can my listeners reach out to you
1: so if they're crypto investors, the easiest way is going to be our website, CryptoTaxCPA.com. If they're not crypto investors, they can still reach out to us there. But our main website is FrameCPA.com.
0: Thank you so much, Micah, for your time, man. I, I thanks it. for having me.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is great.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show, too. Have a great week and happy investing.